Hi, this is Jamie Crawford, Worldwide Evangelist with Breakthrough Ministries, pastor of Epicenter Church in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Thanks for downloading our Wow God podcast. Make sure to subscribe to get our latest podcast. We appreciate your partnership. It helps keep our ministry going. We hope you enjoy our podcast. A few weeks ago, you guys... Um, had a, a Sunday evening service, and that day, um, and I, to be honest, I haven't listened to the whole service, but I know that Pastor Jamie sent out these messages about a spontaneous service. There was going to be, well, that same Sunday, it was so God, we, that, God had given me that word for that Sunday morning, a spontaneous move. And I was sharing with your pastor earlier that I, I was working on something else for tonight, and God just kept taking me back to this place of a spontaneous movement. And if I had a title for the sermon tonight, that would be it, spontaneous movement. And wh- we have to ask ourselves, what's happening in the church world today? Um, how many of you out here have seen Jesus Revolution? If you haven't seen it, you have to go see that movie because it stirred something in my spirit of of just seeing what God is doing. And and there's definitely a shaking, a movement that is birthing in the churches today. I felt it when I walked in the door tonight. Not that there was anything wrong when I was here before, but Pastor Jamie, there's a different anointing in this house tonight. There's something shaking. And I believe it's the same thing that's happening at Frontline and many other churches that the Holy spirit is being poured out because we're hungry what are we hungry for right gareth gareth show me that a minute ago so there's there's a shaking here there's something that's being birthed and i believe it is a fulfillment of years of preparation it's it's not just something that that just all of a sudden for years the saints of God have been praying and asking for another great awakening. And church, I'm telling you, we are there. We are there. And it's going to be up to us to, to, to can push this thing on through. And so that's what a spontaneous movement of God is all about. I, I just believe and I just prophesy tonight that we've only seen the beginning of this shaking that's going to realign the church with the plan of God. And we're going to see so many souls born out of this. And it's going to be, it's going to be spontaneous. It's not going to be anything that fits our normal box. We're learning that at Printline right now. There, things are just different every time we walk in there. But the Holy Spirit is moving and God is changing hearts and lives. And I speak that over this house tonight. Amen. So the book of Acts is coming alive in churches. And it's going to happen in churches that are willing to take a risk and move with God. Mm. I want to pray over this word tonight. Father, I thank you for the anointing in this house. I thank you for the anointing in these people tonight. And Father, I pray as this word comes forth that we will take hold of it. And we will realize that we have the power inside of us that comes through the anointing of the Holy Spirit to do things that don't make sense, to feel things that we've never felt before. And God, I just pray for for a spirit of revival to overtake us as we get into your word tonight. And so, Father, I'm nothing without you. I release myself completely to you. And I thank you that, that you give me... You give me what I need, Lord, and I'm just, I'm just grateful tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so um, Peter 
my church people can tell you I preached for two solid months on Peter. I just couldn't get away from him. And so tonight, that is exactly what God brought me back to. Because God called Peter on the shore. God redeemed Peter on the shore. And Peter never went back. He never turned around. He kept following God. And so tonight, I want to look at three elements that are required of us. If we want to have the spontaneous move of God, if we really want God to do something that doesn't, it's not our norm, then there's some things, there's elements in us that has to happen. And that is boldness. We have to be bold as lions. We have to have faith, great faith. And we have to see evidence. There has to be evidence. So in Acts chapter 9, I'm going to read kind of a lengthy portion of scripture here. And then we're going to break it down. Verse 32 says, as Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter said, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat. And immediately he got up. And all those who lived in Leda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In, her, in Greek, her name meant Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. And about that time, she became sick and she died. And her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him and they urged him, please come at once. So Peter went with them and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the windows stood, all all the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and the other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still alive. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and he prayed. Turning towards the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand, and he helped her to her feet, and then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter never slowed down. When he followed Jesus off of the shore that day, Now, he made some big mistakes, and he went around the mountain a couple of times, but he continued to follow Jesus, and we all know that in the end, Peter, he never stopped. He became powerful in the kingdom of God, and I I love reading about his life and how he was transformed because he got a hold of grace, and see, when we realize that God gives us grace, his mercies are new every morning. And so we grab hold of those and we're able to follow. So we, we have the first thing that we see in Peter is this great boldness. I'm telling you, when you get a, a grasp of what God wants to do through you and you begin to realize that God has called you to be a vessel, this boldness comes upon you. Peter was traveling. He was boldly proclaiming the good news of the gospel. And God was using him. Acts 4.13, just a little side note here. Peter and John, 
And I'm not going to preach on that story tonight, but it's a big part of it. They, they Remember, they heal the man at the gate, the temple gate, and, and they get arrested and they, they're, they're trying to try them. Peter and John stand up with great boldness and they just declare, we're, we're not bowing down to you. We need to be that way today. We cannot bow down to the world systems. We've got to stand on the truth that we know comes from this. And in the end of that story, Acts 4.13, it says, When the people saw the courage or the boldness of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, that they were ordinary men, and they were astonished that they took note that these men have been with Jesus. Oh, do people recognize the Jesus in you? When you, you witness to people or when you're just in the Walmart store or wherever you're at, do people take notice that you've been with Jesus? Or do they think, well, she needs a little bit of Jesus in her life, the way she's acting. We all have those moments. Let me just confess, we do. This is what a spirit of boldness will do for you. When faced with your greatest oppositions, you can stand strong on the word of God and you can proclaim it over any and every situation. You see, in Lydda, Ananias had been bedridden for eight years. And in Joppa, 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 Tabitha, she was dead. Wow. You got any dead situations in your life? Start speaking Jesus over them. The people recognize an anointing in Peter. And you see, church, in the spontaneous move of God that we're dealing with right now, people need to see Jesus in us. They need to realize that we're not the same as everybody else. We're not on some program where we're trying to build platforms and we're just seriously wanting to see people healed and delivered and set free and saved. It's so important. And we're going to have to have boldness to do that. The world's getting ugly. The world's getting dark. But Jesus is still the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He still fills us with what we need to overcome that. So we need boldness. And that's what we see in Peter. Proverbs 28.1 says, The wicked man flees though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. I don't think I've ever seen a spirit of fear upon a society like I see it right now. I'm in my late 60s and I've walked through many things. But I'm telling you, there's a spirit of fear in the world today. And so people are fleeing from what they don't understand. We have the answers. We have the truth. Why don't we share it? You see, we have to be bold as a lion. Psalm 138 verse 1 says, I will praise you. David is talking about praising God in the middle of everything that's happening. I will praise you with my whole heart before the gods, not God, but the gods. I will sing praises to you. I'll worship towards your holy temple. I'll praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above your, all your name." And in the day when I cried out, you answered me. And you made me bold with strength in my soul. Church, he will make you bold 
with strength in your soul. As we learn to flow with the Spirit of God, this boldness comes over us, and it's like we don't care anymore. I was watching this Jesus movement movie, and of course it really spoke to me because it was kind of in the era when I was growing up. I was a 70s girl, and, and I remember Woodstock. I remember the LSD drugs that had taken over, and the music that some of the things that, that these people were up against in that time frame. And I think about where we're at today. Pastor Jamie, it's darker today than it was in the 70s. There's so much. We have a young man in our uh, recovery center right now. And his cousin, just two days ago, 24 years old, died from a fentanyl overdose. And I was talking to him at church last night and asking him, well, did he know Jesus? And he said, Honestly, Pastor Debbie, I don't think he did. We're just not church people. How sad is that? 24 years old. And we're seeing this everywhere. This movement of, of not believing that God is real and that you don't need God and all these other gods that are out there and the drugs and the sexual movement that's happening. Church, we're going to have to be bold. We're being called. We, we're all in our churches. Woo! Revival's hit the church. Praise God it's hit the church. Now what are we going to do with it? Are we going to just keep it in our little churches and love it? Or are we going to go outside our walls and say, Listen, I know somebody who can set you free from that fentanyl. I know somebody who can restore your marriage. I know somebody who can heal your body today. we got to be bold. And number two, we've got to have faith. We all know what faith is. Hebrews 11.1. 1, Substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. In a spontaneous move of God, there has to be great faith. Because I promise you, the enemy is going to throw everything at you to stop you from believing what God has already promised you. You, you just have to have faith. When it looks like it's never going to happen, we have to say, but wait a minute. I have faith that God's going to do what he told me he's going to do. I'm standing on the promises of Lord God Almighty. Oh. In verse 32 of Acts 9, it says, As Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the Lord's people who lived there. Peter went to see those who were following the way. And it says, he found a man did peter go looking for somebody to minister to or was it a spontaneous thing was he just at the walmart line and somebody needs prayer we're sitting in el charros today and a lady comes up to me and just swallows me weeping and tim said i started to say something funny to her but then when i saw she was crying on your shoulder She's in a crisis right now and she needs to be loved. She needs me to be bold enough to say, listen, girl, that relationship is not good for you. You need Jesus. And that's basically what I told her. And I invited her to church Sunday. We should always be looking for opportunities to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Always. Immediately, spontaneously. Do you know what spontaneous means? It means impulsive. 
instinctive. It means unexpectedly. Out of nowhere, spontaneously, which is how revival works. It says, Ananias, he said to Ananias, Jesus Christ heals you. Now get up and roll up your mat. You are already healed, buddy. Get up. I'm sure it didn't look like that was the thing to say. It seemed like nothing was going to change. Sometimes in our lives, we look at this situation and over and over, we pray and God moves and things change and then here we are back in the pit again. And so we believe and we pray and God moves and then we're back in the pit again. But we can't stop believing. We can't give up. We have to believe that God's report is greater than the doctor's report or the lawyer's report. God's, God's report is stronger and it's truth. We have to see the evidence of our situations based on what the word of God says. What does the word of God say about what you're praying about tonight? What does it say? Find something that lines up with what you're believing for and then confess it out of your mouth. Amen? So it takes boldness. It takes great faith to say something. We see Peter acting out what he saw Jesus do. Jesus encountered, remember, the man at the pool of Bethesda? He'd been laying there for 38 years. And he just kept waiting for somebody to pick him up and put him in the water because we know how the story goes. The angel would come along and whoever got in the water first got the healing. And so for 38 years, this guy is just sitting there. He's really not able to do anything for himself. Jesus comes along and he begins a conversation with him and he says, do you want to get well? Do you really want to get, do you really want to get out of that pit that you're in? You see, we live in a society where we're afraid to hurt people's feelings, and so we don't want to be too hard on them. Well, I just need to gently ease my way in and, you know, figure out what they're, you know, where they're broken, and, and maybe, you know, I should just take them for dinner. No, church, we, the, the days are short that we're living in, and this revival is going to be something that has to come out of our hearts. It has to come out of our mouths, and we can't just diagnose the problem. We do need to diagnose the problem, but then we need to do something about it. And that's how Jesus moved. And as Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? That man said, sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water stirs. I'm laying here and someone else gets in ahead of me. Oh, now this is a good one for those of us who are uh, ministers or preparing. We're all ministers. Every one of you have an assignment. Every one of you have somebody in your life that you need to be ministering to. But we want to play the game. Well, I never get an opportunity to go preach anybody. Nobody ever opens up the pulpit for me. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just too scared. Oh, I can't stand up there in front of people and talk. Smile at me. <laughs> you know I'm stepping on your toes right now. Oh, I've just been too bad of a person. Nobody's going to have any confidence in me. I'm telling you, how do we overcome? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You can just tell your story. Your story is powerful. 
We've got to be willing to do that. So this man is laying there and he's telling Jesus, you know, I don't ever get an opportunity to get healed. And Jesus says to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. That's exactly what Peter is telling the guy in our story today. At once, the man gets up, he's cured, he picks up his mat and he walks. That's another whole sermon right there. But what we have to pick up in this story is that Peter, remember, Peter was with Jesus. He was a part of that. Peter had failed failed miserably in between that. Remember, he denied Jesus. He cut off the soldier's ear. He did all of that stuff. And now today, we see him doing exactly what Jesus did. So don't tell me you're too bad for Jesus to use you because that's not the truth. He said, Jesus said, pick up your mat and walk. Peter says, Jesus has healed you. Get up and roll up your mat. Boldness, faith. It comes from following Jesus. The whole Jesus revolution, this movie that has hit and caused all this excitement in the atmosphere, was all about somebody that just like, I'm going to pick up my mat. I'm not going to tell a lot because I want you to go see the story. We have to have great faith, church. And our faith gets shaken. I can tell you, my faith gets shaken. And 2022 was the most difficult year of ministry that I have ever faced in my life. We've been a church for 14 years. I was ministering about four years before that. And out of all of those years, this last year, if I ever wanted to quit, and my husband can testify to this, last year was the year I wanted to quit. Because I felt like God had let me down. I felt like God, I had prayed these prayers and I had believed and then everything fell apart. And I thought, God, if that's how it is, I'm just going to go home. I'm going to stay in my room. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to believe in you. I'm still going to pray and look forward in my, but I'm done with ministry. Took me a while to push through that. Because I, I wanted to quit. And if you're sitting here today and you want to quit, I am telling you, don't quit. Yvette, don't quit. When my best friend, my office manager, my prayer warrior, my armor God, when God took her last year, I thought, God, if that's how this works, then I don't want to stand up and confess faith anymore not in front of people God is faithful church and we can't be like this man that just lays there we can't be like the man that was in Peter's story today eight years he'd been laying there why did Peter go look for him we know why Jesus showed up where he did but it said that Peter found him And I believe it's because Peter recognized that that man needed 
some encouragement. He needed a touch from the Lord. Some of you need a touch from the Lord tonight. You're thinking, God, every time I pray, it backfires on me. Every time I step out by faith and I testify, they get mad at me. Every time I feel like I'm moving forward, it's like I take three forward and two back and I'm not getting anywhere. We walk by faith and not by sight. And that's one of the things that the Lord spoke to my spirit when I was in that deep pit this last year. Pastor Debbie, you walk by faith. You don't walk by sight. You are not God. You don't understand why I do what I do because I am almighty God. And you are here. You are a vessel that I flow through. But you don't get to make the decisions. You walk by faith and not by sight. And so I began to digest in my spirit. And I weeped my way through that. I, 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 I pushed through many Sundays I would get up to preach and nobody knew but Tim how I was really feeling on the inside. But God was faithful because I got up, I picked up my mat, and I said, God, whatever you decide, I'm going to get in alignment with it. I'm going to trust you. I don't like it. It doesn't make sense to me. And I know someday on the other side, I'll understand it. So I'm going to walk by faith and I'm going to trust you. And when church, when I pushed through that, and I'm not telling you this just to tell you personal stories. I'm telling you this because this is what you got to do. You have to push through that because on the other side of that, There is a fresh anointing. There is a fresh fire that comes up on the inside of you. It's like there's a new strength on the inside of me to do what God anointed me to do. But it didn't come until I decided to let him be God. And just trust him. So we need boldness. We need faith. And we need evidence. We need evidence. That's the third element that's required of us in a sort of spontaneous move of God because it's not going to make sense. In the end, we overcome. I've already said this, but I'm going to say it again. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Praise God, He went to the cross and died for us. But the other part of that is the word of our testimony. What has He done for you? How long has it been since you told somebody your story? Whether it's your story from 10 years ago or it's your story from yesterday. You overcome when you tell that story. And you bring life to people that hear it. Evidence is important. And I believe in this new movement that we're in. I believe we're in the midst of revival, church. I know we feel it out at Frontline, and I feel it in this house tonight. We're there. It's not like, oh, God, send revival. No, he sent it. We're in the middle of it. And it's only going to grow. God is going to fill up our churches. Pastor Jamie, these seats are going to fill up. God is moving. You walk by faith and not by sight. Every Sunday morning, we come in and we think, oh, there's only half of these seats filled or there's only like a quarter of these seats filled and we keep coming and we keep walking and we keep believing and then this side fills up and then this fills up and then this and then this and you're like, where are we going to go now, God? Walk by faith and not by sight because God's doing something and you're hungry for it 
So God's going to honor that in his time. But we got to do something too. Evidence is proof that we've been given authority to speak the name of Jesus and expect results. Evidence is the proof. Evidence is what breaks the power of the enemy. I'm telling you, when you're able to stand up and say, once I was lost, but now I am found. Once I was here, but now I am serving him. You break the back of the enemy. You destroy the story that he is trying to create that doesn't match your destiny at all. We walk out the destiny of God based on what the word of God says. And so evidence is a thing that, that it, empower, it empowers us. But it, it depower, what's the word against empower is uh, he breaks the enemy. <laughs> Can't think of the word. So from Lydia or Lita to Joppa, word gets out. The guy that's been crippled for eight years, he's up, I believe, walking and dancing and praising at this point. He probably followed Peter to Joppa, more than likely. But word gets out and the disciples, everyone in the city is broken. This was a lady who did things for poor people, it says. She made beautiful clothes. She did all of these things. Everybody in the city loved her. And she's dead. And so the disciples are desperate. They hear what Peter had already done. So they, eight miles, there's eight miles between these two cities. And they send two men there and they beg him to come back and help us. Now, did Peter know that she was dead already? I've, I've always wondered that. I don't know if they told him the whole story. Because I think if I was going to get a preacher to come and help me and somebody was already dead, I would probably not tell the whole story. Because I would be afraid they wouldn't come with me. But I'd say, we need you to come and pray. I don't know, may I have little faith in that. So Peter gets there. He goes up to the upstairs room. The mourners are already there. They're, they're broken. They're, they're weeping. The word says they are weeping. And they show Peter all the beautiful things that this lady had done for them. And it's like they believe that it's over. But verse 40 tells us that Peter sends them all out of the room. He sends them all out. Peter removes every distraction. You see, sometimes we listen to too many voices. We get too many opinions. And we're so confused. We're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. When really we just need to get into the presence of God and cry out, God, you see me. I need to hear from you today. And so Peter sends him out of the room. And then he gets down on his knees and he prays. Oh, Jesus. And it says, turning towards the dead woman. He said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. Now that's revival, church. It says that Peter took her by the hand and he helped her to her feet. And then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and he presented her to them alive. There's the evidence. When people began to see the evidence flowing out of our churches, they're going to believe. Amen? 
It says, this became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. In both of these situations, people came to Jesus. And that's our primary goal, is to win souls for the kingdom of God, because Jesus is coming soon. And we better do everything we can to get people back into the kingdom. So we remove distractions. We keep the need before us. Peter didn't turn his back on that dead woman and say, Oh God, I don't know if you can do this, but I don't know. No, it says that he looked right at the problem and he spoke life. We have to pray, believing that it will happen. I'm telling you, I got some prayers I've been praying for a long, long time. And Gareth, there are days I'm like, God, you're not ever going to get this done, are you? I'm just, no. Faith has to kick in. I have to believe my prayers are reaching heaven. And something's about to change. And we need to get up every morning expecting, oh, God, I really expect you to answer that prayer today. We have to believe that it's going to happen. We have to be bold. We have to have faith. And we have to believe for the evidence to manifest. We've got to do that. Oh. Peter and all of the disciples, the whole book of Acts tells us about the life change that happened and why there was all this simultaneous movement of God happening. It's because they didn't lose their focus. They never gave up. And they, I mean, they faced some tough stuff. Read how they all passed, all they died. They were all martyrs for the cross of Jesus Christ. And we get our feelings hurt when somebody doesn't accept the word we give them. We're going to have to toughen up, Iris. We're going to have to get tough. I'm speaking to me, not just you. Toughen up, Iris. Leonard Ravenhill, and I'm wrapping this up. He was, in the 60s especially, tent revivals. And I I love his story. But this is a quote from him. He says, the only reason we don't have revival is because we are willing to live without it. Let me read that again. The only reason we don't have revival is because we are willing to live without it. That's the society that we live in today for the most part. We're too busy being successful and buying houses and cars, and which that's all fine. Do that. But I'm telling you, your heart better be hungry for revival. Because when Jesus comes, man, we better be ready. We, we, we better be able to say, uh, I was faithful, God. I did what you asked me to do. We have to wake up, church. God is still supreme. And he uses willing vessels. It doesn't say that he only uses those who have a degree and only uses those who are behind a pulpit or he only uses those who lead worship. No, he uses willing vessels. His desire is for everyone to walk by this faith and this boldness that the disciples, Peter, I mean, Peter's story is so powerful. He wants us to experience the evidence. 
I love it when I experience the evidence of something that God has done that just, I'm telling you, my nephew came down this last Sunday morning, and I, I don't know if you're recording this or not, but I don't care if he hears it. But for years, we have prayed for him to come back to God, and he's been so broken. Gareth and Bridget can tell you. And he came down Sunday morning for prayer, and he's in the altar, and he's just weeping, and he's so broken. He's in our recovery program right now. But he is so wounded from when he was about this tall. The enemy just beat him up. and But he's in the altar. And tears are rolling and he's crying out to God. And he gave his life back to Jesus Sunday morning. I'm telling you, that's evidence, church. Don't you want to see that in your church today? So we can't give up. We can't give up. 20-some years I've been praying that prayer. God, bring those boys back to you. Show them who you are. Hang on to those prayers, church. Hang on to them. When we follow the call of God, spontaneous moves will continue to erupt before the second coming of Christ. And I don't know how much you follow prophets, but they're all declaring that this is the last great awakening before Jesus comes. And I believe that with all my heart. I believe he's coming soon. And we have so much work to do, church. We got a lot of work to do. And so we have to be, we have to be equipped, but we have to be willing. God wants to use all of us. We have to answer the call of God. And when we answer that call, everything changes. I'm telling you, when I came out of my season of brokenness last year, it was like everything changed on the inside of me. I still have moments that I just weep. But I I, I realize that there's a call on my life. And I need you to realize that tonight. I need you to realize there's a call on your life. Whether you're sitting up there in the sound booth or you're sitting over here in the back corner. There's a call on your life. God needs, he doesn't need you. He wants you to answer the call. And when you do that, let me tell you, you will be more willing and more aware of the surroundings around you Remember on the shore, the, another whole sermon, but i got to throw this out there. When Peter is questioning God again, Jesus said, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. You're going to be aware of that. You're going to be shaken. You're going to be shaken to action. And you'll find yourself passionate, desperate to see people touched by the power of God. I'm telling you, I'm feeling that. So strongly in my spirit that that shaking God, I need I need you to help me lead them back to you. So the promise is that the kingdom of God will advance if we're willing to accept the call. Pastor Jamie, for revival to break out in this house, people have to accept the call. They have to see themselves as disciples. And I want, you to, I want you to think about that tonight. Who's in your realm where you go every day that you can talk to? 
That's how revival happens. Thanks for listening. We hope you will stay connected by subscribing to our podcast and becoming a partner to our ministry. Go to BreakthroughEvangelism.com for our evangelism ministries and EpicenterChurchOK.com to connect with our church. Be sure to follow us on all our social media platforms. We want you to be blessed.